like it is. This is our debut on uh, Love and Unity Network. And uh, I'm really excited about today because I have two very, 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 very special people that are going to be on with me. Um, they're uh, not just um, ministry people that I love, but I love them, period. And we're going to talk about a very um, uh, interesting subject and one that's hitting the church as well as everything else. And uh, it's about suicide. It's uh, suicide with uh, all different, all different uh, parts of suicide, why and everything else. And I'm not going to delay this any longer. I would like for you to meet my guests, um, Randy McGee and uh, Marshall McGee and uh, Apostle Marshall and Prophet uh, Randy. And they're going to tell you a little bit about themselves and why we feel that God has called us to talk on this subject. So uh, whichever one of you decides to speak first, then go ahead. This program is going to be, you know, about that. So tell us about yourself. Good afternoon, Dr. Baker. This is uh, Randy McGee. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Um, I'm, uh, well, I'm a life coach, I'm a pastor and prophet, and, um, I've worked with girls, uh, at the CALS, uh, CARES Salvation Army, where it's a CARES residential home for girls, and so I've kind of come across, um, a lot of youth that, you know, have problems and have, uh, gone through some type of abuse, and so when we talk about uh, suicide, you know, I think most of us can kind of recall in our families and uh, recognize that there were either suicidal thoughts or maybe even some of our relatives that uh, committed suicide. And, you know, when you come across something like that, you feel so helpless because you didn't know uh, really how it was affecting that person. You didn't even know how you could have prevented that. And um, in my own situation, I had a relative uh, who had committed suicide and um, there was a whole lot involved, but I had no idea that he would even contemplate on anything like that. So, you know, as a pastor, as a prophetess, as someone who works in the marketplace or has been in the marketplace, um, we're coming across people, you know, with um, suicidal thoughts or anxiety are so stressed out. And I think the question is, how can we prevent it or how can we intervene when we even think that somebody is on that trail? That's good. So, um, uh, well, uh, as we get into this, Marshall, why don't you tell us about yourself? Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I'll present the subject that we're going to get into today. So, Okay, wonderful. My name is Marshall uh, McGee. I live in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, did live in Oklahoma for so some years, years ago. Uh, I am um, the presiding apostle of a Kingdom Mandate Fellowship was founded in 2017, which is a type of uh, really an apostolic mentoring ministry. Uh, the model is, let's give you a quick overview, is to help people 
uh, particularly leaders, but also regular people, discover their true kingdom assignment so that they can learn to live full so they can die empty because they emptied out everything that God put in them uh, to navigate in this earth realm. Uh, we did pastor for about 30 some years, a Godly worship center here in Omaha, Nebraska. And now we are focusing on the apostolic side of ministry, which has been a very wonderful, exciting time uh, doing things apostolically to see the kingdom of God advance in the earth. Uh, we have four children. Uh, there are adults now and two grandchildren. Uh, so anyway, that's a quick overview about me. You're also a chaplain, though, aren't you? Yes, I'm also a police chaplain uh, with the Omaha Police Department. I also have a doctorate degree in theology from Isaiah University that's located in Orlando, Florida. Uh, I also am a certified life coach uh, with uh, um, Coaching Training Alliance of America. And so I've uh, been doing quite a work um, in those areas of just ministering to people. And it's a wonderful opportunity to get to serve not just the people of God, but people in general in the earth realm. Okay. And you're also a part of Love and Unity with me. That's right. Yeah. Yes, we're on the senior council uh, with Love and Unity, along with a few others with Apostle Eddie Masters and uh, many other leaders. Uh, from different parts of the country, Apostle Calvin Cook, uh, Apostle Robin Beach, Apostle Don Hughes, uh, uh, Barry Cook, just a bunch of folks. A whole lot of them, yeah. A whole I lot have of Barry on the program and now. So we've had a, yeah. Since we've been on the uh, Senior Council with Love and Unity, we really had a chance to really get to know each other better, uh, myself and Dr. Baker, and it's been a wonderful journey thus far. So we look forward to the <laughs> <laughs> for real. Yeah. For real. Yeah, one of the yes. great things is that you guys are going to be with me in June after the um, after the the um, national conference that we're having for love and unity. But I want to get into this subject. I want you guys to uh, one of the things of it is is I was looking at some of the statistics of Christians. I mean, I've had uh, a situation even last year of a suicide in my family actually, and I believe that a few years before then. My uh, my sister also um, she overdosed and, um, it, you know, um, many things like that are many things like that happen. But I, I want to look at the fact that does the first thing I'd like to talk about is does Christianity or being a Christian, does that exempt you from uh, this from the depression or some of the things that happen in this? What do you think? What are some of the issues that drive people to that, even though they are believers? Some of them are, are believers. And then on the other programs and whatever it is, because you guys are going to be with me between uh, six and eight weeks as we get into this. So um, we really are going to have time to be able to give solutions and to help people and to do what needs to be done. So. What do you think are some of the, the the reasons that people commit suicide? Does Christianity, I'm asking a couple of questions at the same time. Does being a, a Christian, does being any of that, does that exempt you from it? And uh, what are some of the things that you see? And then at the very end of the program, maybe we can give one or two tools that people can 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 utilize. 
And I'd like for people to be able to have your information so that they can contact you, whether to get you to come in or to do whatever needs to be done. So I'm going to, uh, either one of you can start this. I think that as believers, it does, I, I believe that there is a, I don't think it necessarily, being a believer protects you from committing suicide. However, because one is a believer, there tends to be uh, more of an insulation against it because ultimately our faith is, is found in Christ. And those true believers are going to look to their faith first uh, before they look to any alternatives, particularly when you think about in terms of ending one's life. So there is a type of buffer there, but it's not like it will, It probably wouldn't, if somebody really was bent on doing that, it wouldn't stop them. But at least being a believer does give a little bit of a buffer because of where your confidence and faith is in. Okay, let me ask you this quick question. Let me bring it in. I've noticed that there's been a lot of male, uh, a lot of big ministry people uh, that have committed suicide lately. I mean, you know, these were Christian pastors and 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 believers and things like that. Um, you know, um, I, I'm I'm throwing that in there also. Yes. And Randy, Randy, you can cut in anytime you desire. So, okay. I think, in fact, in in recent history, even in our nation, over the last year or so, there's been several uh, top ministries or ministers who have taken their lives. Uh, of, of what we would consider mega church ministries. Uh, then sometimes the smaller church uh, people. You don't hear as much of that about that uh, because they don't have the quote the you know they don't have the limelight or the spotlight, and so it is something that has been I believe in our society in our world that has been gaining uh, increasing notoriety if I could use that word where people are looking at that as an option to break away or to get out from under. Uh, whatever the particular problem areas or the pressures of living this life. And so in that sense, I, I think people in general, probably believers are not, probably may not be as exempt from it as they would think they would. I think the difference is with most believers, even though we've seen high profile preachers commit suicide, is the difference is they do have their faith to fall back on. And people who are not believers don't have that buffer. And so even though it could be a back and forth struggle, but I think uh, for believers, when you talk about high profile people, uh, just the pressure, uh, the anxiety, the uh, I think the not, not met, I don't know how to say it, but expectations that are not met or the overwhelming pressure of continuing to produce at a certain level when one is exasperated or given out where they don't have any more to give. Um, I saw a video recently someone sent me and it was a pastor, I forgot what city, and he was just talking to his church about a little 20-minute deal. I can't do this anymore. If I don't take a break, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Successful-looking church, just built a nice building, and here this pastor is on the stage telling 
the people that go to his ministry, if I don't take a break from this, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't do this anymore or something's got to give. And so it's those overwhelming pressures. And, and maybe in that context, um, when you think of causes, you have to think of ultimately we'll get to the prevention areas. But I think those are some of the things that, that bring people to that. Um, Randy, what do you have to say? Uh, I think we have to realize that suicide comes first in the form of thoughts. And so people that are feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling uh, stressed, they're feeling frightened, they're feeling um, hopelessness. And um, many times they feel like there's no other way or even suicide can be as a way of getting back to somebody. If I, if I kill myself, then everybody's going to be sad. They're going to be hurting. And really that's the lie that the devil tells them, but they suicide comes in the form of suicidal thoughts. And depending where you are in, in your life and um, who you're listening to, if you're at that point of despair, it can take, it can try to take over you. And, and so, you know, all of us may have had a thought or two at one point in time, but the reality is some of us look beyond that thought and maybe weighed it out. If I kill myself, well, they're going to go on with their life. They're going to be happy. I'm going to be gone, you know? And, um, and that, kind of thought could come, you know, if, if a couple have broken up and they were so in love with each other and the girlfriend or boyfriend feels like, well, they're going to be sorry because they're going to miss me. Really, in reality, they're probably not going to miss you. They are going to go on with their life, but you will be gone. So that's not, that's not a good answer. And there's a slogan, uh, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So it is a permanent solution. There's no, once you do it, there's no coming back. And the problem can and will be solved if we will bring others to help us work it out or get the help that we need to work it out. Or even in time, time itself will work things out, you know, uh, but the false thoughts that come into our mind, which is why the Bible says to us, as Christians, that we are to cast down those imaginations, which have formed strongholds, or formed thoughts in our minds to keep us in captivity. And the difference between a believer or a Christian and someone who does not uh, have God in their life or does not uh, know the word or how to take that word and apply it to their life, they can become more vulnerable. They may lead to drinking or taking drugs or something to get rid of those thoughts, but th that is not really what's helping them. But the word of God can help. And if we can take the word of God and use that as our sword and cast down that thought and put in a thought of what does God say about me? You know, and what does the scripture say about me? And if we can dwell on how God feels about us and what he thinks, then we could come out of that and we can um, recognize that that's an evil thought that is coming to me. What's the, you mentioned statistically, uh, what's the 
do you have a picture of the numbers or the percentage? I was looking uh, in, in the, the last percentage that they had with that I have was in uh, 2016. I think it was 2016. I was just getting ready to look at that. And in 2016, it was different types of, um, of percentage, uh, percentages with Catholic and <clears throat> Protestant and um, uh, conservative Christians and, and whatever. And years from 16 to 34, that that's one of the fastest growing rates of suicide that's happening. And this is something, and then from uh, 55 to 74, see, I've missed all those numbers. I'm, I'm out of all those numbers. So, wow. Um, any rate, but uh, there, there is um, in in these things they're saying uh, a, a suicide rate is growing at about ninety five percent, and so this is this is totally um, uh, unacceptable. I mean, you know, it's really interesting. Another thing, black people are beginning to commit suicide. Yes, different ethnic yes. groups. Black people used to be homicidal. They wouldn't kill themselves. They'd run out yes. and kill. Else. That's right. That's right. I mean, you know, they got to be like everybody else. You know, they gonna go ahead and they gonna kill yeah. themselves and think somebody gonna cry uh, or whatever it is. Okay, and I'm not making light of any of this, but <clears throat> we're looking at how demonically what is happening. And in my field, I'm a, a doctor in psychology, and in my field, I'm running into this. But here's another thing that we are gonna get to in some of these programs. I'm just throwing things out, salty. Yes. Definitely. Okay. But one of the things of it is, is that uh, it has to be where people start to take responsibility for themselves. Nobody, nobody can stop you. Nobody can make you commit suicide. And these are some of the things that we have to do. I'm looking at the youth. I'm looking at uh, these statistics are talking about young people from 16 to 34, but I personally uh, uh, know and other doctors personally know that they're more concerned with those that are eight years old from eight to 16. Those ages are really in desperate situations. So if we don't start, I, I did a program last night on um, uh, taking every thought captive as Randy was talking about and, and all of that. But what we're, I, I really believe that one of the things that we have done is that we have not poured into people enough to let them know who they are. So therefore, what has happened is I must perform a performance attitude. I must do this. And the internet, I mean, you can blame the internet, you can blame anything that you want, but it, uh, it, it goes back to the fact of how we think. People do what they do because they believe what they believe. Yes. I this people. Uh, I'm I'm a therapon. That's one of the types of therapy I do, and one of the models of it is this: people do what they do because they believe what they believe. I cannot do suicide. I mean, I thought about it. I had a thought, but it was a fleeting thought. Okay, I was thinking as how many people would be happy if I killed myself, and yeah. I am suckers happy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. okay. But uh, what we have to do, I really believe that one of the things that we have to do, and we want questions or we want input. One yes. of the things that we have to do is this. We have to have it so that people are responsible, get responsible. We talk about depression. Depression comes from the way that you think. It's all about that. I could have done this. 
many people say I could have stopped someone from committing suicide if this is something that has been uh, drawing in their in their head and this is something that they've been thinking about it's not anything that you could have done so we're gonna deal on other programs with the guilt and other things and we're gonna deal with a, a number of those issues but anyway all of that stuff I just thrown out there yes, I'd like bunch of stuff. time for each of you to take some uh, time yeah, a bunch. In our area, I think suicide, well, they are up as a chaplain. I think last year I had a couple of suicide calls and they were younger people. They were early 20s um, and they were both with gun violence. Uh, the couple that I did go to, one was a couple of drug ODs. I don't think they were trying to, the drugs were laced, but my point is, it is up and even my I don't know how, I think she's seven now, but my six-year-old, as she was six years old, I think she's eight now, my granddaughter stood in her classroom at six years old and said, I want to kill myself. I don't want to live. And so that got me concerned because what would make a six-year-old even say that? And I'm thinking, where did you get that thought from? And so something in the thinking system, as, as, as Randy just said, has to be there but then also the influence that comes from the culture, uh, even in cartoons, even in uh, the media, social media, or just the influence of so much violence. I remember a few years ago, a young man came to one of the services a couple of years ago, and he said, I'm trying to invite my friends. He was like in his 20s. I'm trying to invite my friends to the service because this is it's really good coming here. He said, but it's hard to get them because they have no hope or expectation for the future. These are 20 year olds, uh, cause so much negative stuff is going on in the world. And so just again, just throwing a few things out as we go on over these next several weeks uh, to give some insight, perhaps why people go that far, get to the end of whatever and decide this is gonna be the remedy. And so I think that it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about. Uh, but I will say this, just in the course of, of this opening sessions of this, there is hope. Yes, there There's is. Always hope. And I think that just as we're all ministers here, but even just as people, encouraging people, there is hope. And I agree that we need those affirming relationships, which most people don't have today, uh, not in families, not in school, not in hardly anywhere, sometimes not even in a church community. Uh, and so I think the, 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 the greatest tragedy is to be in the midst of people and feel like you're the loneliest person in the world. Okay, let me say this and then I'll, I'll let Randy uh, uh, talk. One of the things of it is, is this, I see confirming, but I also see confronting because one of the things that we have to do with a young person or uh, uh, different people is we have to confront why they're thinking that way. And I think that one of the things that we have done is that we have looked at this and we have tried to comfort and then mm. people didn't do it anyway, okay? You know, uh, my granddaughter, she came from a loving uh, a mother, a brother, uh, uh, all of these things, had everything to look for, everything, all of these things to look for. But uh, there, there was something that she had decided to do. 
And uh, we have to, uh, when we, when this kind of thing happens, we have to work with the person to find out why they are thinking that way. Why would you think this? Why are you thinking this? And 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 looking at this and getting that spirit of God to be able to reach into them. There is no one that is unreachable. Nobody that's unreachable. Go ahead, Randy. Uh, I agree with you. I had a situation where uh, I had to fly out to see one of my relatives, a young man, a, a nephew of mine. And he was, and the reason that I flew out to see him because he was having suicidal idolations. And it, with him, it had to do with the COVID. Uh, he had gotten, you know, the shot with the COVID and he was having some side effects. He was having uh, headaches. He was having a ringing in his ear. And not only that, when I went and I had, you know, talk with him just to see what he had been exposing himself to, it turns out that he had been tormented throughout uh, his childhood. It, he had had um, a tormenting spirit. In fact, when he uh, called me as a result of that uh, suicidal adulation, he had been tormented that particular night. And he wanted me to stay with him. In fact, he wanted to sleep in my room. So he slept on the sofa in my bedroom. And, um, and I prayed over him, but I was asking, okay, well, how did this come about? Well, he was watching some movie and whatever that movie was, it, it was murder in there. It was uh, spiritual things that were in there, demonic things. And so some kind of way his spirit was open to that. And so he had a spirit of fear, which fear brings torment. And, um, and that torment and that fear is telling him to kill himself. And so, you know, we prayed, we went over his childhood and, it, and I found out that throughout his childhood, he had had this same spirit of fear. He had um, the, the fear on him to the point that sometimes he stutters. And so getting to the root of that kind of helped. And so I was able to take him through the Bible to show him who he was, to expose him to the word of God and that he does not have to accept those thoughts. And, uh, and so he's much better now. But along with that, we're living in a time where with this COVID and everybody's being shut in, there is also a spirit of depression. Okay, we'll get on our next program, we'll get to that. But one of the things that one of my son, my son just said, he was saying that confront the confrontation, the confronting uh, is a spirit of love. See, that's love, that love that- That's good. Cast out fear, okay? And consoling, then it's comfort, but it's confrontation, it's consoling, and then it's comfort. And then we conquer and then overtake that personal darkness because we got to get in there. We got to get personal darkness. But right now we are out of time. This Dr. VJ Baker. Already? Oh, wow. <laughs> and all of us are here and we'll be back next week when we're here still telling it like it is. If you would like to get in touch with any of us, you have uh, their email uh, up there. You have my information. If you'd like to give into the work, then go ahead and do so. But we'll see you next week when we're still telling it like it is. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.